Hi, I'm Adewale Adejumo. I build businesses and I also teach people how to take control of their lives. You are listening to the Epilog Builder podcast where I'll be bringing you some of the best personal growth mentors and entrepreneurs on the planet and they will be sharing the best ideas on personal growth for mind, body, spirit and work. A word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by dropstore.co.za. If you want to start an online e-commerce business, Dropstore helps you create an online website and it helps you find products from suppliers to sell on your online store, add them to your online store and ship them directly to your customers easily. You will never have to pay upfront for an inventory, which keeps your risks very low. Visit dropstore.co.za to find products or to distribute your products to the thousands of resellers on the platform. Use Dropstore to start and grow your online business today. Hey, Adewale here. Welcome to the Epilogue Builder Podcast. Today, I will be talking to you about how you can live your own principle. Because imagine a remote village that has little or no contact with the outside world. And in this village, the decision in the town is made by elders and knowledge is also passed on from generation to generation. In this village, the people are generally happy. The customs, attitude and beliefs of the people in this village make up the culture of the people who live in this village. And under the right circumstances, the culture of the people in this village can change both from situations that arise within the village which are known as internal factors within the village itself. And at times, the culture of the people in the village may change due to external factors from the influence of other cultures. Now, let's examine how a culture can change internally in its village. A change in culture can take place due to philosophical changes and technological advancement, or people might decide to revolt against the, against the decisions of the elders. They might discover that washing your hands, hashtag coronavirus, hashtag wash your hands, hashtag face marks as lives, is best than religious rituals and better at preventing illness. They might discover that farming is better at providing more food for the village than fishing. And all of this contributes to culture changes due to people finding a better way of doing things. And external factors can, that can influence the changes in cultures occur through diffusion and trade of ideas between different cultures. And this happens when contact occurs between this remote village and the outside world. Changes in culture often happen because we find better ways to do things. And sometimes some changes are so new that although they were created to make, us, make our lives better, we as humans we find a way to misuse them because we forget the basic principles of what makes us happy, which are gratitude, kindness, forgiveness, self-discipline, purpose, and love. When we forget these basic principles and live based on how the media or, or rules made by people that died hundreds of years ago, and in some cases thousands of years ago, in the current time, we will be unhappy. So the reason why a lot of us are unhappy is that we live our lives based on peer pressure. These pressures come from tradition, culture, social media, TV, friends, or family. So if you find yourself questioning your beliefs and culture, 
then well done you are human you are a perfectly normal human being the reason the reason this is normal is that you are your own unique human with your own unique mind to look for and invent new ways of doing things better we live in a world now with the internet and social media and we are a lot more exposed to the rest of the outside world and at and um at some level more open-minded so it is no longer a situation where you only grew up in one area and you see strangers from the other side of the world when they visited your city we have access to so much more information now and we are exposed to so much that it could that it would be abnormal not to question what you know so here's the truth you only know what you know you do not know what you don't know the fact of the matter is that we are all ignorant to a degree and this is because there are billions of people who have lived and died and 7.7 billion people on earth who know what you don't know so these people are living different lives and experiencing life through their own lenses so you really don't know much at all and unless you expose yourself to new information and become proactive with your learning you will not learn you will not learn much about life the world does not care about your feelings and emotions the world reacts to your actions okay this is because our environment basically what we are exposed to influences our thoughts and our individual thoughts have the power to shape our reality that said so much of the cultural beliefs that we, that we grew up with are outdated we live in a different time and 2020 is so different from from 1500s or the 1970s or the 1990s and here's a fact the cultural belief systems that exist were all <laughs> the cultural systems that all exist were all man-made and we can make new ones look around you everything man-made did not exist nor was invented when most of our beliefs were invented and like everything man-made around you your beliefs need upgrading which is your responsibility no one is going to upgrade it for you living your principle requires making courageous decisions and not making decisions based on fear and what other people may think traditions if they were long-lasting are demonstrably consi consistent with survival in ways that alternatives might not be secondly traditions provide cause consistent reference points or fixed goalposts in people's lives across generations. This helps social cohesiveness, allowing people to speak the same language, enjoy comparable cultural forms, etc. However, as the world changes and evolves, traditions also need to develop through upgrades which are not happening fast enough. So upgrading your belief system is about creating a new higher standard way of living. Upgrading your beliefs should Bring the best part of thousands of years of teachings combined with our ability to now measure the effect of these teachings through science. The same way we know that eating natural foods is good for us, but have not been able to measure just how much until recent times due to scientific advancement, we now know that certain principles taught across seven major cultures across the world is good for us. And what are these teachings? They teach us to be curious and keep learning which is for your mind. They, 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 they teach us to live simple lives, which is also for your mind. They teach us to live healthily for your body. They teach us to be compassionate, your mind. They teach us to be grateful, 
also for your money. They teach us to be forgiving. They teach us to set long-term goals. They teach us to set long-term goals. They teach us to be disciplined, which is your like the, the last three things are for your aspirations. And they teach us to believe in ourselves and God. That's your spirituality. How can we have people living different, living differently and living different modes of reality? And at the end of the day, still living happy lives. The lives always carry on. Look at the list. What this should inform you is that there is no one mode of reality which we should live. The one thing all these beliefs have in common is that they were all created by humans. And since you are a human and you're experiencing life with the knowledge that did not exist thousands of years ago, you can create your own mode of reality that works for you with the lessons from some of the best practices from around the world. And when I realized this, I realized that I can live my own reality on my own terms and I am. And since I started to live this way, I have never been less stressed nor do I feel pressured. I don't feel pressure from dead people, I don't feel pressure from family, I don't feel pressure from society and I do not feel pressure from friends. And, and according to Wikipedia, yes I'm quoting Wikipedia here, peer pressure is the direct influence on, on, on people by peers and the effect of an individual who gets encouraged to follow their peers by changing their attitudes, values or behaviors to conform to those of the influencing group or individual. And this can result in either a positive or a negative effect or both. For any aliens listening to this, Wikipedia is a multilingual online encyclopedia created and maintained as an open collaborative project by a community of volunteer editors using a wiki-based editing system. And no, they did not pay me to say that. And in most, in most cases where we, where we are unhappy, it is because we are living based on pressure from others that do not align with our being. And here's the truth. There is no stopping you from learning. There's no one stopping you from learning. And there's nothing holding you back to your view or your way of thinking. The only person stopping you from changing your way of thinking is you. And, 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 and it doesn't matter what race or what religion or non-religious beliefs you have. We all have beliefs in something we were raised to think. And your ability to question those beliefs is your humanity shining through. And, and what makes us different from every other animal is our ability to question beliefs. We can create our own belief system and create your own reality based on your updated knowledge and information. This is because your belief system starts in your mind and your mind is what you project to the world around you. This is why when you travel and experience the different ways and cultures, people, people, cultures lived by people from different parts of the world, you see that they live differently, yet their lives are normal. What this tells us is that there is no one, there is no one way to live. The way, the way a lot of us live, the journey makes us happy, can be easily changed if we want to and if we know how to. The way we live is only principles to live by, but there are no rules to believe systems. I need you to understand that to make a change in your life, in happiness, it requires a change in your mindset, a paradigm shift. A paradigm shift is 
defined as a fundamental change in an approach and in underlying assumptions. It is also defined as an essential change that happens when the usual way of thinking about or doing something is replaced by a new and different way. This discovery will bring about a paradigm shift in your understanding of evolution. And the usual way of thinking did not lead me personally to happiness. The usual way of thinking has not led the majority of humankind to happiness. However, look at different parts of the world. You'll find different ways of thinking and some similarities in some of the thinking that are shown to cultivate happiness. These ways of cultivating happiness have been around for thousands of years. They have been mostly snubbed because they were not they were, uh, because there was no way of of truly measuring happiness. The Buddhist monks have been telling us for years that meditation is the best way to cultivate happiness, and now with the help of science, we know that the Buddhist monks were right all this time. And the and the approach for living a life filled with happiness has been practiced by by um, Buddhist monks for thousands of years through meditation. Monks can cultivate happiness. The key here, the key word here, right, is cultivate. Because cultivate is defined as trying to acquire or develop a skill. Happiness is a skill that you can that you can develop. When you were born, you are a clean slate and you learn and acquire skills as you grow older. And a lot of the things that make you unhappy are things that you learned. And you can also learn skills to make you happy. We are sent to school and taught things. We are taught algebra, physics, sewing, marketing, strategizing, etc. But no one teaches us the skills to be happy specifically. The skill to be happy is what we have learned from the monks, the happiest people in the world, and the science backs it up. So how do monks cultivate happiness? They do it through meditation. Because meditation is defined as a practice where an individual uses a technique such as mindfulness or focusing on the mind on a particular object, thought, or activity to train attention and awareness and achieve a mentally clear and emotionally calm and stable state. So there are different types of meditation, right? And of which most are boring and will cause even the most disciplined person to quit. And this is what a Tibetan Buddhist monk his name is Matthew Richard. He is a Buddhist monk with over 40 years of, of meditation experience who became the confidant of the Dalai Lama and he has given several um, viral TED Talks. And he's, he's also a best-selling author as well. He said that meditation is nothing mysterious, that you don't need to be sitting trying to empty your mind with incense around you under a mango tree. A daily meditation practice among Buddhist monks focuses directly on the cultivation of compassion. This, and this, this involves envisioning negative events and recasting them in a positive light by transforming them through compassion. And this type of meditation is known as visual meditation. And it involves picturing in your mind, almost like you're watching TV, the outcome of something before it happened. Whether it's a task or opportunity at hand, because when I was an athlete doing long jump and triple jump, I used to visualize, I used visualization to help me picture the jumping techniques my coach would show me in videos. And from some of the best long jumpers in, in the world, such as Carl Lewis and Mark Power. And being able to picture myself doing the moves and techniques sped up my learning 
of jumping techniques. I use visualization techniques before I, before any jump I was learning at training and also before jumps in competition. And in, and in athletics, it is used. This is called visual meditation, and it is used by many high-performing athletes. Visualization is a powerful technique to train the brain, and it is one of the best methods of meditation, which is easy to learn and practice, and it is not boring. My two suggests that a person that's you know that a person should start with visual compassion meditation and this is the type of meditation that requires you to think of someone who makes you happy and focus on and focus all your altruistic love for them altruistic is showing selfless concern for the well-being of others which is being unselfish and altruism and love go go hand in hand a person cannot be said to love unconditionally without being altruistic nor can a person be altruistic without loving unconditionally Unconditional love is a concept comparable to true love. And we all have unconditional love for a child or someone dear. And such moments of love usually last about 10 to 15 seconds, maybe a minute, then we go and do something else. We go about our work. But suppose you take that beautiful, strong, warm feeling, and instead of letting it disappear for 15 seconds, you cultivate it for 5 to 10 minutes by re- by by reviving it and then come back if you are distracted keeping the clarity the vividness and the vividness of that this is the basis of practicing compassion using visual meditation and after practicing that simple meditation exercise you can begin to spread that compassionate feeling to other specific people or strangers around you or a particular part of the world as the many studies Richard has participated in it has proven that the mind reacts to this type of meditation and that the brain actually develops a stronger capacity for emotional control. So this is a meditation practice that myself and millions of people around the world practice. And before I started practicing meditation, I was miserable. I was so miserable that I would try anything and read anything. And that was what made me to try meditation. And I've since learned that, learned many different types of meditation since I started to meditate um, and well since I've been on my meditation journey and did you know that you can meditate while taking a walk or even driving you can chant during meditations or sometimes sometimes even just control your breathing to calm down I will go into deeper types of meditation in later episodes of the Apple Builder podcast and I will give you options the compassion aspect of meditation is only one of the seven parts of meditation steps that I practice. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. If you do, if you really did, please press the subscribe button and share this with anyone that will find it useful. And I will see you on the next Apilak Buddha episode. I'm Adewade Dejumo, and this is the Apilak Buddha podcast. I would love to connect with you on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook, you can find me at Adewale Adejumo on Instagram at the real wale adejumo and on twitter at wale adejumo if you enjoyed that episode please subscribe to the epilog builder podcast so that you do not miss new episodes we will release and i will see you on our next episode